Welcome to Dungeon Master Level One, the podcast about a first-time dungeon master and his friends of in new and newish players. I am your dungeon master, Merit. With me is Ted, my financial guru, and Pat, our new new guy, our new player. <laughs> <laughs> financial guru. Uh, that's a little. Oh, boy. That's a little teaser for what happened in this week's oh, session. Felt everybody, listeners, mm-hmm. it, it went wild and it was amazing. Uh, some a direction I never would have thought a D and D game would have gone, but also yep, that's right. But just like Merritt, the DM, he definitely put a stop to it as soon as he could. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we're not doing this. We had... I, I have things planned. We're doing. Some two combat sessions. We're not going to go explore the economy of Tarmalon. <laughs> All right, there was the, there was a reason for the two combat sessions, um, and a little oh, lesson look, look, for it's you guys. Valid. Clearly, you put a lot of work into tonight's session, so you should. I, I honestly, you did the right thing, making sure that. You did let that. <laughs> Sam and I just completely derail everything as usual. Particularly, particularly for the first. Um, session with a new player uh which is pat welcome pat thank you for joining the game and thank you for making time uh to join us on the podcast tonight i know we've got a you have a busy schedule tonight so we'll get right into it um we'll just start right off what we'll just start right off what did you think how did did you enjoy it um yeah what did you think how'd it go oh yeah i had the best time i last i've been trying to play for i don't know probably about a year and a half now just like uh, I have a brother and a buddy too who are, you know, all. My, one of our buddies has kind of played a little bit before. He actually he's in education. He ran like a D and D club at his school, so like that was his first experience playing. But so he and just talking about it with them, it was like something. Oh, that's that we cool. Just wanted to try for, yeah, yeah. So uh, wanted to try it for a long time and just never had like a good crew. And even too, just like kind of organizing it and getting, uh, you know, finding the DM, finding just time. Like yeah. The fact that jumping into a game that's already happening and that is like kind of have a, has a set schedule is almost easier for me. Just like, yeah, you can make this work. Yeah, sure. Let's just do it. Mm, sure. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, th- that's a that's <laughs> that's an interesting and great point about like aside from just like finding the schedule, the finding a DM. Unless I, the only reason we have this game, I was also looking for a game for a long time, and was just yeah. like, you know what? The only way it's going to happen is if I just run my own. That's the only way we're ever going to get a game. I'm going to get a game off the ground. So it's just like, screw it. I'll do it. Um, fine. I'll do it myself. Like oh, I Thanos it. And, uh, <laughs> and here we are. Um, very cool. Awesome. So bef- we'll the quick plot rundown. Uh, the heroes beat uh, Mendax the last session. They sort of just did some post campaign follow-up and a little bit of rp uh and then um our new character joined them in their like local hangout saying he was looking for some help and enters uh ramardo our uh level one bard uh played by pat so pat what made you want to play a bard um yeah so just in kind of researching some characters i uh you know a bard is actually like not something i probably would have ever like normally picked like usually and you know i play a lot of like rpg games and stuff mm-hmm. like that like video games mm-hmm. and so usually it's more of like a like a rogue type or even if i'm just kind of bored i'll just play like a you know the kind of just smasher like fighter type of player so 
uh, and just kind of taking the opportunity to do something different. Uh, yeah. I kind of, kind of like the style of just like, kind of like that smooth talking, like that doesn't necessarily have to fight, but can maybe do some other stuff to kind of get what he needs to get done and yeah. that appealed to me. So, you know, cool. it kind of went from there. Definitely. I think, um, bards are a very underrated and underplayed class. I think, cause I think people either like they want to be the fighter or they want to be the spellcaster or the healer, but like the bard kind of fits all of them and none of them. It's very much a Jack of all trades, um, yeah. type. A little character. bit of everything. And I feel yeah. like, like that's good for, uh, you know, just for kind of also just first learning how, right? Like I'm, I feel like it's going to force me to learn a lot of the different, not only mechanics, but just like just a little bit of everything. So it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. I, I, again, I had a blast this game, so I'm really looking forward to where things go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think that, um, one thing we encountered in this is that I wasn't sure how it was going to work. You and I, in your, our character creation discussed, do you want to come in at level one or level five or somewhere in between? And you said, you know, I think it'd be cool to come in at level one. Um, I was not expecting it to be as underpowered as it turned out being, you know, I, you, you did a good job, um, with the character but like the 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 attack rolls it's it's all based on the dice but then like the damage roll was just like oh <laughs> just a little bit just a little yeah. bit um i i and so that was interesting but i love the way you did it um you know basically going back to vicious mockery that that's what you had to work with and you did some <laughs> i liked how you picked out things about what had happened uh in the encounter to make that your point of mockery oh yeah that was cool it was interesting to see uh a new player coming in and seeing how they like kind of fit in with our style and by yeah. our style meaning that everybody just does whatever they want and we don't actually like work <laughs> together at all is pretty much our is pretty much our battle style folks uh yeah um everybody you know it's kind of that the the encounters uh this week were interesting for team coordination because everybody sort of like did take their own thing but it worked uh so the first encounter was against a um actually a homebrew owl bear that owl bear was a little meatier than the mm -hmm. stock owl bear in the monster manual. Um, not actually homebrewed by me, but I found it on the D&D Beyond homebrew collections. Um, and so, because a regular owl bears are only a challenge rating of three, which is very underrated to for a group of four adventure, four level five adventurers plus one level one. Um, yeah. So this one was a little meatier, higher AC, higher hit points, and that Screech attack was actually a homebrewed um, attack. And that thing did some damage. You yeah, guys yeah, got that, that, really, that work, really messed me up. You yeah. guys got lucky that it didn't get a recharge on that second one to hit you again with it. Um, so that, that was interesting. And then um, the second encounter against a group of four hunters, those were all sort of modified homebrews again they existed on the website and i sort of changed it up to give them like their own little tools that this was the first time i think we've sort of had 
a group of enemies that each had like their own theme. Like there was the one with the net, the one with the hook, the one with the um, just a archer, and then the one with the bolas. Um, so I thought that was a fun little theme to play with in there. Yeah, it was cool because it made it made the uh, enemies, even though they're kind of like nameless hunters, right? It made them like more memorable. Like mm. even just you know, kind of like trying to remember, like, oh, I should attack this guy over here, the one with the you know with the bolas, who's like way yeah. far back. Like, I I did name them. I actually did name them, but just in case somebody asked, you know, the the conversation lasted longer and we got to oh, what are the, what's your names, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I we kind of rushed the role play i rushed it a little bit went straight to them trying to buy lack <laughs> uh from the group just straight up making an offer of slavery against one of the group members um to get to that second combat encounter um because we were running late into the evening um but the reason for the two combat encounters back to back was i wanted to uh every we all we've done so far is sort of like one combat and then an RP session and then with a rest, combat, RP, rest, very divided. Right. Going into a official D&D module, there's going the rests are going to be harder to come by and you're going to have to have you're going to have more um, combat encounters in a row. Um, so th- that was sort of like the first little lesson uh, for you guys for that. Th- this was this was not actually part of the campaign, um, mm-hmm. but it, it was sort of like I added it in to add in the travel element for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what we did before we got into the content with the owl there. This was stuff. this was the incredible part of the evening, I believe. Yeah. Go ahead, Ted. Why don't you explain what it was? So basically, we were given money to shop. Sam, on the other hand, had gotten this mis- uh, magical item that had a bunch of pockets. I forget what it was called. The uh, cloak of objects. The or belt of useful items. Right, the it's, belt of useful items. It, it's bit just a reskinned cloak of useful items, which is an official right. um, item. So Sam has this belt that has a whole bunch of gems in it, and Sam decides to liquidate his gems mm-hmm. and uh, start investing in the market. <laughs> so Sam goes to the bank and he uh, tries to buy into some like uh, he tries to buy some Guild of Wonder stock. I'm thinking this is a great idea. So, but I'm like, what would be a more accurate thing that would happen? Well, let me tell you how people would invest back in the day, folks. They would give their money to a shipping company. They would buy a portion of the trade, and then they would take a profit if that ship came back with anything that they sold, which sometimes they straight up didn't. They would lose everything. Mm-hmm. So that's where my mind was going. It ended up being about a 20-minute detour of me <laughs> just trying to coordinate this deal with the dock workers who were very rude. Very rude. Very like, what are you talking about? They were gaslighting me, actually, more well, than anything. And honestly, I think it's because I was a gnome. Uh I, I want you to try to imagine what would happen if <laughs> I don't like where this sentence is going. How dare you? If someone just went down to the docks with a stack of money and was just like, hey, I want to invest in your company down here on the docks. Like, that's not where the financial 
end of the business is. So it, you made a good choice to leave and not give them your money because I think if you had given them your money, they would have just pocketed it and been like, yep, yeah, okay, great, thanks for investing. Um, because, you know, these are the guys building the ship. <laughs> like you, you said, it's like, oh, I want to go to a shipyard and see them building the ship. <laughs> uh yeah um it was a long story short we wasted a lot of time um <laughs> for a task that ended up getting us nowhere and um we gave our money to the bank instead and the bank was and but we didn't decide which one we were going to what in the invest in. in the effort of moving along um we we moved we, we sort of shelved that and we're going to come back to it uh maybe you guys will get a messenger hawk uh with the financial choices that the banker has put out for you guys um but i actually have a little some sort of some sort of like moderate risk portfolio yeah yeah um i i have an idea for what i'm gonna do um for giving you guys a couple of fantasy financial investments and how those may um mature by the end of the campaign so we'll see how that goes um so yeah so that but that was hilarious like i never would have thought i i understood sam's like oh i want to go to a bank and save all this money that's sort of like he has a character driven goal to save up a bunch of money now i never would have thought and be like what could i invest this in like tell me about the stocks available um mm -hmm. but then you know also a, you know you could imagine a bunch of uh late 30s somethings would be concerned about actually investing not just stuffing their money under a mattress <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so that was that was really something um one thing i want to talk about i think we actually encountered the first thing that i feel like it really didn't work and i don't think we'll go back to it is the sort of travel that we went on. Um, you know, I yeah. we, we played through going through those provisions, and then, like, I had you guys roll survival checks to, like, see if you got lost, see if the travel got prolonged, and, you know, it just wasn't really... I, I'm going to have to figure out more about how to do travel, because that just didn't really seem to work for me. Um and I don't think that worked for any of you guys either. Just rolling like day one survival check, you pass, you're still on schedule. Day two survival, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I feel I feel like if the qu the journey is the quest, there are more things we could do for that. But I think since we are motivated to get to um, Fendolin to actually start the module campaign, we're just going to sort of streamline over it. You know, this was. A learning experience, uh, a little bit of an mm -hmm. experiment to see that. Um, it was, and it was also to sort of establish the rules for travel because, in a little spoiler, nothing major, in this module there is some regional travel about, you know, sort of a central town and then places you need to go that I think could take a day or a half day to actually travel and things could befall you along the way there. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of also to establish the rules of travel. But what do you think about that, Ted? Like, I, I feel like you're in agreement that the travel component well, didn't really work. It's, it's, I don't think it's just that it didn't work. I think it's just a matter of 
you know, these are things that we should be aware of, but unless like stuff's going to happen on the road, which right. it did in this instance, great. Use that. But if it's just going to be a bunch of us managing our resources and debating about what kind of, uh, where we want to put our, our gold to see the best return on investment, that's probably not going to be the most entertaining. Yeah. Campaign. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, you've made a choice for where to go next week. Um, that at the very end, I gave you an option of you could either go uh, through oh, yeah. under a mountain. Wait. Hold on. I like this part. <laughs> Say what the options are, and then I want to, I, I have some comments. Yeah. Please well, the, the two fast, the, under the mountain is the fastest, but potentially riskiest. Over the mountain is a little bit faster, but also uh, risky. But and then there was a longer one where you go around the mountain range, sticking to the trail, which will take longer, but is probably safer. So what have, what have you got for me on that? <laughs> well, I think we've all watched or seen Fellowship of the Ring or read the book. So I think we all were pretty much like, we know how this is going to play yeah. out. We're not going to yeah. go into the dungeon we're not... the cursed Balrog is going to yeah. come about. We're not going to have the white dragon like cast snow breaking spells on us <laughs> as we try to traverse the mountains. We're not we're going to the... go the normal road. Yeah, we're not going to the Underdark if we don't have we to. Do not, we do not play cohesively as a team i'm finding we kind of just all do our own thing and we just kind of rely on barter to use his game breaking skills and bow to just kill everybody yeah i'm starting to get better at my tactics you you know i would say you were putting out close when you rolled well you were putting out about the same damage barter was or yeah barter was um his his bow's only a plus one to hit and damage. His assassination skill is incredible. I want to take a look at it. I'm not sure it's being done right. I think it is. I trust Sam, but I just want to double check because like he does his damage and then that 4d6 he gets to add after for the assassination perk is insane. But you know that he took the perk. <laughs> he took the perk. So yeah. Yeah, but I I noticed that too. Uh, even just like I remember in the first encounter, uh, using like bardic inspiration, which you know adds a it's a d six to like basically any role mm -hmm. you want. And I don't I'm like thinking back, I was like, oh, I don't even think that even got used. No, I mean I think there there is a little work that needs to be done as far as like party code. I especially I mean I, I'm I, thinking like how my character is going to go. Like I kind of plan on trying to build a more of just like a pure support mm -hmm. guy. So. Well, force, it, force everybody to kind of do it, right? You know, there's a uh, role play opportunity there for you guys. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit you guys down and be like, hey, you got to start working together better. Right. I, I think that's something no, to be I done think that's just in character. That, that we, we need to say in character. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know at the end of the day, like, we have someone who has healing abilities. Yeah. And they don't use them. Two, two people who have healing abilities. Wait, two people? Who's the other one? Uh, Raccoon has his bracer of healing and he can throw out a healing ability um okay. and and a bard actually also has healing as well so you actually oh, have great, a perfect. you have a lot of healing abilities now uh and That's so good. you have a lot of people getting um very low in hit points and not getting healed now that was also something or about dying when they have healing abilities for themselves <laughs> 
Um, Sorry, please continue. Uh, well, the, the other thing I was going to say is one. What was it? What was it? Oh, shoot. Okay, I got it. Um, one other thing is that, I, you know, I think that sometimes it it might not, it might be that some of the players don't fully understand uh, all of the intricacies yet. Uh, during that second encounter, I actually test, texted Steve because I wasn't sure he knew that when he wild shapes, he gets a new HP pool. Um, mm-hmm. So he can like fight, get hurt, and then he wild shapes. And if he wild shapes into an animal that has 50 HP, he now has that 50 HP. Um, right. When he drops to zero, that's gone. And he goes back to what his previous HP was. But like, that's an incredibly powerful tool, particularly if you rage yeah. and then wild shape, mm-hmm. you get like a whole, you get a 50 HP and you take half damage on physical damage. Um, so I think that's what he was setting up. But by then the encounter was pretty much winding down. The other thing about the two encounters was I tried to hint at it a little bit with my narration that once you beat the owlbear, you started tending to the hunters. They started taking healing potions. Nobody, none of you mentioned healing yourselves. So you right. are, you were all hurt yeah. from the wild bear, uh, owl bear encounter and did not take the time to heal yourself after. So that's something that hopefully will be in the player's minds going forward because now you never know when the next encounter might happen right after that. Mm-hmm. So something else to uh, store away for future endeavors. Yeah, that's good to know. I um, truly don't know like a lot of what other people's tasks are. The only reason I knew that uh, Wright had healing abilities is because you kept telling him he had healing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I could excuse it in this um, encounter that if you look at it from a character perspective, these are people working. The hunters were people working for his nemesis. They just tried to buy him into slavery. I could see him becoming tunnel visioned and losing focus of the group dynamic and just trying to kill them. So there's mm-hmm. that possible explanation. Um, also just, you know, throw out a healing spell every now and then, or, you know, this also happens to me in other games where I am a very damage focused player, um, that, you know, I, my mindset is if I can kill, do as much damage as fast as possible, I can heal myself when it's done. I don't like manage the longer engagement. I try and hit hard and fast and you can find yourself on your back foot pretty quickly because of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Thing too, it's just as a as a new player, it's gonna be tricky. I think just managing some of those spells, right? Like mm-hmm. starting out for me, only have two spell slots, so it's like at most I have two casts of like a healing spell if I want it. Yeah. Like right, by the by the time by the time I'm like, oh, I should cast a healing spell. I look down, I'm like, oh, I've already used. I've like, used two all spells. my spells. Like, oh, oh well. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's a lot, and and you can probably end up adding one as a cantrip at some point as you like level up. I'm sure there's a uh, there's a caster perk for the bard class um, mm-hmm. at some point, um, I think. So the other thing is, you know, I I know we um, I was debating. It's like okay, this is a you know a lot of XP in this encounter for someone who's level one, and we've kind of gone by a milestone 
um, leveling system. Not It's basically not been based on XP. It's based on certain accomplishments. So I was debating whether to have uh, Romardo uh, level up after this one. And right. after seeing um, how he, like, his limited ability um, as a level one playing against higher CR characters, I was like, yeah, we should... We should, we should move Romardo along a little bit, get him a, a little higher up there. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You, you're okay with that there, Pat? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> give you a few more tools to play with. Give you a few more um, uh, options and a little more um, a little more weight on the encounter field for sure. Um, it, it also didn't help that I uh, misread, <laughs> misread the, like, uh, spell chart for the bard and so i was short two level one spells i was was wondering about that i was wondering about that because i was looking at your spells and i was like how is it possible the bard starts with only vicious mockery that can't be correct but by then we're in the middle of the game um and i was like trying to manage the encounter and i couldn't work all of it and it's just like so i was gonna actually check before tonight's uh recording but i got busy with the kids and didn't get around to it but yeah that mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what yeah, else I, go ahead i looked back at it and uh yeah and, and just basically uh, so the way it was listed it's like you have the two cantrips and it says like four spells known but then two level one spell slots mm. so i just took it as two level one spells and two plus two is four so it must be the two cantrips and two spells yeah. and yeah just kind of, you know not reading not yeah. reading a chart closely not, enough not reading it correctly uh, but so i i yeah, I fixed that though. So now, now I got a couple, couple more tools in the toolbox. Excellent, to, excellent, to work with. good, so. great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, aside from vicious mockery, what did you take as your spells? I'm curious. Uh, so the four level one spells I have are uh, so sleep, which is a huge bust mm-hmm. in the in the encounters. I tried it a couple of times, um, and then uh, one of the healing spells. Like, well, if it's not cure wounds, it's the other one. The heal. Um, word, lay on, healing word or lay on hands probably yeah, healing word yeah yeah it's healing word yeah and then the two i added the two i added today was uh i remember what it is i think it's dissonant voice oh that's a good one actually, yeah, yeah just really to actually one. be able to do do a little bit of damage and then the last one uh it's kind of more of a utility spell and i'm trying to remember which one it was mm-hmm. up right now uh Oh, detect magic. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, great. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, the the bard has like it, 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 I'd say it's underrated because it it does eventually have some incredibly powerful spells. Sleep is incredibly powerful. The problem was it's hit point based, so right. you were rolling against a level one creature like you would have put one or two of them to sleep. You were rolling 20 plus hit points to try and put someone to sleep. Uh, and maybe I should have told you. So you stopped trying to cast sleep. Uh, um, um, but you were trying to put down a like hundred HP uh, character with, with a level one spell as a level one caster. And it's just like that. Yeah, that's not working. So, I apologize for that. Uh, hopefully it didn't, uh, you know, burn you on that so much. Um, one of the other things I've talked about with Wright similarly is he loaded his entire 
prepared spell list with offensive spells, just like lightning bolt, thunder wave, radiant damage. Just it's all offensive, offensive, offensive. And I was like, take a look and consider some of the buff and debuff spells and area of effect spells because they can actually end up being incredibly powerful. Um, and one that I recommended and he actually put on his spell list but didn't end up using but that would have been very helpful in this was Spirit Guardians um, which basically creates a 15 foot aura around him and anytime an enemy is within that it basically the spirits attack it and do an incredible amount of damage um, so that, mm-hmm. that may come into play hopefully he'll remember that and use it because it is very very good um, but yeah so yeah so we're uh moving on um i'm excited to get started on a the official module that we'll get Mm -hmm. to some of that this week uh this this next session um so yeah that should be great yeah that dragon's gonna mess us up the dra- it's not going to be. We need to get our shit together if we're going to have a stand a chance. Dragons that are yeah. nothing to f with, yeah. for sure. Um, and I'll, I'll let you a little peek behind the curtain again. Uh, once again, I'm faced with this module was made for level one through five players. With you guys okay. already being level five, I'm going to have to take a look at all of the enemies in it and give them a little extra juice. Um, okay, because. Otherwise, you're just going to stomp through it. Just stomp those just dudes. Stomp those dudes. But it has some, I've, the encounters are really interesting, I think. They, they create um, interesting situations, interesting locations. I'm very excited uh, to see what you guys do. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. I um, I'm, It's good to know about... I should actually t- maybe take a look at some of their character sheets. <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, I should take a look at some of their character sheets and be like, hey, you should use this spell. <laughs> I, You know, I think um, I feel like Bosch has kind of been the unknowing and unwilling group leader. And it might be. What? Really? Well, who would you say is? Oh, God, I guess you're right. I think Lek is very reserved. Raccoon is very, you know, very new to himself. Uh, and Barter is a full-on psychopath. Uh, yeah. Alright, so we have this buckler of healing. has mm-hmm. ten charges. When you're holding it, you can use an action to spend one or more of its charges to cast one of the following spells. Uh, cure Wounds. Lesser restoration or mass cure wounds. Dang, dude, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Raccoon's thing. One d eight plus two. That's so much better than those healing potions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my don't, my don't. What's lesser restoration, dude? Is that just like oh, disease or yeah, that like cures poison, cures disease, stuff like that. Mass cure wounds is three d eight plus two. Now that's the wild. way that the way mass cure wounds works is he rolls that that's how many hit points he has to distribute to everyone. So like gotcha. if he's trying to heal four people, it doesn't end up actually being that much. Um, right. And that also burns a lot of his uh, spell slots, a lot of the Dang. slots it has. 
but yeah, you know, I think a little character RP about like, hey, fellas, you know, we're getting really beat up in these situations. <laughs> um, wouldn't it be nice if somebody could just like use an object that they were given a long time ago that could, I don't know, like cure wounds or something? Well, I don't know, just crazy. The, the, other, the other problem with that is Raccoon is also your tank to try to absorb all the damage, which he does do. And if he rages, he can't cast spells. Um, he can't mm-hmm. cast spells when raging or when wild shaped. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so yeah, but um, a, a little. I don't know if wait. I don't know if Wright has any healing spells. I he, see a lot of like inflict wounds. He can. It's in his. If you okay. look, it's he may not have. Dang, per- he has a lot of spells. That's wild. Yeah, he has a ton of spells. Clerics are extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, he can have healing spells. Whether he has chosen to put them in his prepared spell list is a different matter. Um, but yeah, I think a little character-based RP on that would be wonderful. The my, I want to go back to my other favorite what do I moment. Have to do? I have enough going on. Well. <laughs> My other favorite moment from this was when you had two of the hunters captured, one of them unconscious, one of them alive, and you were trying to interrogate him to find out more information. Um, when Barty said, like, I pull my rapier and slit his throat, I was going to let him play off the joke. I'm not going to let you guys play off jokes like that anymore. Like, that's what he did. He straight up murdered that guy. Yeah, like, he sure did. And, you know, it was half joke, half not, but I could see, like, you know, being like, being like, oh, no, 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 I don't do that. I walk it back. I- I'm not going to let those jokes get walked back anymore. You know, you say you do something, you do it. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I don't yeah. walk stuff back. I usually speak No, you attention. normally you normally don't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, mainly, this. it's mainly Sam. I will, I will say this. Um, I uh, watched a video last night after our D&D campaign. I will, sorry, let me actually say this before I say this other thing. Um, I was in meetings for pretty much all day yesterday, and then we were like had this session, and it was like super fun, really glad to, to do it. And I was like, and I like as soon as I sat down uh, to watch some TV before I went to bed, I was watching YouTube, and on my like suggested videos was this like business insider video about a D&D, a dungeon master who's been running a campaign for 40 I read that years. I read that article. Oh 40 I, yeah. years. And he has like his own miniatures that he hand paints. He sets up it's his entire basement that he sets up and he straight up just like kills players mm-hmm. all the time. And <laughs> there was something really he kills players a lot and there was something really interesting about like if you have a character die, you're out of the game cuz he has yep. other people waiting to come into the game. Like in like this, like everybody in the town has played through, you know, not everybody, but tons of people through the town. He's had generational players where he's had parents and then sons. I'll tell you right now, he would hate me. He'd hate our game. He'd hate our game so much. He would hate Sam. Sam and I should try to get into his game (laughs) and just like, just do the same shit that we normally do. Just real quick before Pat has to go. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick was a while ago. Ted, you had mentioned um, bringing in a guest player. I need to go back and watch the video to see the surprise on everybody's face when Pat popped into the Discord because I gave you guys no warning that that was happening. That was a big reveal. 
We liked that a lot. I was like, who could it be? I thought it was going to be like Seal. It was Pat. It wasn't <laughs> Seal. I didn't really think it was going to be Seal. seal. Like, Can you imagine? Like the, if, like the singer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just Seal showing up to play. Hey, it's Seal. All hey. right. Cool. Yeah, but I, I, it's been really hard sitting on that information for a couple of weeks now um, sure. that Pat would be coming in to introduce the new story thread uh, and be a surprise new player. And I think it went off pretty smoothly. Yeah. I, I mean, it, with my first time doing it, I wish I knew a little more of just like the town and, and mm. the backstory and stuff just to be able to role play a little more. Cause I feel like sure. also like seeing everyone's face was priceless. It That's was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. If, if there was a genuine look of shock, I think on everyone's face, but then, and then like great. also though, new player diving right into the role play and like getting asked questions if i'm like uh what what <laughs> like, oh yeah this is this is happening huh? i pro- okay. i i i guess i should have gone into more detail i i thought i sent you enough information for you to sort of just fill in the gaps but now i should have really given you the full info dump um, oh, oh no i think you did give me enough information to fill in the gaps it was more just again just inexperienced just being sure. like oh uh, uh, okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Okay. Well, I, I know that you have to run to go be a good dad. Um, and we're reaching our uh, time limit anyway. So thank you for uh, the six people who listen out there. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. This has been, this has been three white men <laughs> talking on the internet to nobody. This is Dungeon Master Level One. I'm your Dungeon Master Merit. With me is my financial guru, Ted, and our new new guy, Pat. We'll catch you all next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.